Hello, hello. This is Inspire, and today we have a, a guest, PE teacher, a principal. Please welcome Zach House. Hey, thank you for having me today. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. So, could you tell me about like what you do on a day to day basis, and what is it like to be you? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, you know, I'm gonna go back and give you a little background. Uh, just um, I've been in education for uh, 16 years. Um, I've been everything from a school bus driver to a PE teacher to a third grade math teacher. Um, and now I'm a principal at Elk City Public Schools. Um, for me, uh, my life's a little bit different now. Um, I actually took a job that's about an hour away from where I live. Um, most teachers, coaches, principals uh, here in Oklahoma, you usually live in the town where your job is. And um, I live about an hour from my position right now. And I'll, drive, I'll get up at six in the morning, take about 20 minutes to get ready drive an hour um, to my building, open the doors up, um, start greeting the kids as they get off the school bus, give them my fist bumps and high fives. And, and you know, um, just I, I get to be a principal. I, I check on my teachers every day and my secretary. And, you know, when the kids get sent to me for doing things that they shouldn't do, um, you know, I take care of those things. And uh, uh, something kind of different that I do that I really enjoy is um, I have what I call Skittle Kids. I have a candy a candy machine in my office. And uh, as I go through the school and I see kids making great choices and doing the right thing, I will uh, give them a quarter and say, hey, come to my office and get some Skittles. Come to my office and get some candy. And they'll come and we'll talk and get to know each other because, uh, you know, doing my job, a lot of times as a principal, my kids I interact with are usually the naughty kids. They're the kids that got in trouble. They're the kids that the teacher needs a break from. And uh, I didn't like that when I started. So I tried to figure out a way to bring good kids into my office and good kids into my building and celebrate the goodness in this world and the success stories that they have. So um, I greatly enjoy doing that. And um you know, I just, like I said, I'm just a principal. I check on my teachers. I check on my kids. Um, I honestly, I sneak into the gym sometimes because I do miss physical education. I miss being a PE teacher, whether it was virtual or in day and kind of play with the kids a little bit, do some activities. I think that's cool. And then at the end of the day, we get our kids on the buses and move on. And I come back home and spend the rest of the evening with my family. That's so, so cool. You're like a really positive teacher and like, even though you miss with the naughty kids, it's like kind of hard to for teachers themselves to react in a positive way. Like your parents just like when they become curious, they just like, no, no, I can't deal with this. Like, how do you, you know, how do you do that? Like uh positive or this negative. Yeah, you know, um, even when I was in the classroom or when I was a high, I used to be a high school coach. Also, I coached high school girls, basketball and softball and, and baseball for years um, behind every problem. There's a reason behind it. Um, I'm a firm believer. If a child gets sent to my office, I just, we have a conversation, we talk and, you know, I find out that maybe he's acting out because of something that happened at home. It's not necessarily the teacher. It's not necessarily the class. Um, but most of these kids have a why behind the choices they've made to be sent to my office. And uh, we have conversations about that and talk about different things. Um, you know, with that, too, I'll, I'll just share with you. I have what I call a men's group. Um, and again, my building, I just have fourth, fifth and sixth grade students. And uh, but I have what's called a men's group. And my teachers recommend students who act up, who get in trouble 
um, students whose fathers are incarcerated, um, male students who maybe lost their fathers uh, to death or leaving the family and things like that. And um, we meet every week and talk. We just talk and eat together and they're free to ask me any questions they want to about, you know, things that they would need a dad to help them with. And, um, you know, for me, that's one way that I can instill positivity into these kids is just show, being the fatherly example that they're missing sometimes. Um, you know, with my teachers, um, you got to lead by example. And that's something that my superintendent and I talk about frequently. If I want my teachers to be positive and love kids and impact them in a positive way, I've got to be positive to my teachers. I've got to spoil my teachers and love them, love on them. And, you know, I'll just tell you, you know, the week before thanks, uh, we just got out for our week break, our Thanksgiving break. And all week long, we just did activities for our teachers. One day I brought all of them a pop. And the next day I brought them all a candy bar. And then on Wednesday was our last day of having class. Um, I just cooked the lunch for them. I just went home and I made some chilies, made some stews, and I just made some stuff. And I brought it to the teachers and said, teachers, hey, at this time, I'm going to watch your kids and give y'all a break. And y'all go eat lunch together, you know. And the culture in our building has changed so much and the chemistry with our teachers because they enjoy the surprises and they enjoy and have they're happy to be at work. And you can see that bleed over to the students. Um, you know, if you see uh, on my TikTok or my YouTube channel, the different celebrations that our kids are having and just the excitement to celebrate success in our building, um, that joy that they have and that love to be at school is something you don't see everywhere. And it's really unique to get to see a culture where teachers didn't like work and the kids didn't like coming to school and the pandemic kind of made a lot of sadness and heartache and things like that. And now they've turned this 180 and they're celebrating each other. And we actually, we do an attendance award every week with our, our teachers that have the most students show up to class and uh, our kids will cheer and celebrate and get excited at our weekly assemblies for that. And it's, it's a very awesome but, but with that, I, I got to say, it starts at the top down. Like our superintendent has this vision, which has gone down to the principals, which is bleeding out to our teachers, then going out to the students. So, yeah, I would love to hear more about how the interaction was between the teachers and students when you gave, like, maybe you could give some experiences, like, we could, like, hear and, like, use that moment when you are giving that inspiration or that gift. And like when you made the student feel really appreciated. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I can tell you one thing that uh, in Oklahoma, we have a teacher shortage right now. We have a problem with getting teachers um, in our buildings and we need students to help us at different times. Um, so some, some days students will give up a recess to help us out, things like that. But there was one day, I'm, I'm going to give you two stories, but one day, a couple of weeks ago, um, a teacher said, hey, we need to have, the, we have what's called student helpers. And at lunch periods in class, these students are like teacher's aides. They'll go around, or office aides. They'll go and help and assist um, 
to find students whose parents are picking them up or take work to a certain kid or find just just anything we need them to do. And a teacher recommended this one student. And I went outside. This student had been a kid who had been in trouble before, um, been suspended before even. And I went and got this kid and I said, hey, I said, I really need your help. I said, I've heard one of your teachers recommended you being one of my helpers this year. And I said, I want to make you my personal assistant this school year. And the kid just looked at me and kind of leaned back like me. You want me to do this? And I said, yeah, I said, I need you to do this. I said, you know, I've heard phenomenal things about you. I've heard you've done some great things the last couple of years. I've heard you have a great attitude and, you know, everybody in this building. And I said, would you be willing to help me? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll help. And, you know, every day this kid, he first walks in the building. He used to come to school late. Um, his parents wouldn't bring him. He actually brought himself to school on his own. Can you imagine being a fourth grader, a 10-year-old kid, and it's your job to get ready for school every day. It's your job to pack your own lunch. It's your job to do those things without a parent example or a parent le- the, the parental leadership to take you. And on his own, he's getting to school on time. On his own, he's doing all these things. But the second he walks through that door, he comes straight to my office. Mr. House, how can I serve you today? How can I help you today? And I'll say, hey, man, I'll tell you, you know, come back in 30 minutes and we're, we're going to get our list together of things we need to do today. But with that, he just has this joy and excitement about coming back to school, a place that he didn't like to come to. He was afraid he was in trouble all the time and all these things. And it was kind of just an aha moment. He works, he was a D he was a failing student at one time and now he's making A's and B's just because his attitude has changed a little bit. So it's neat. It's really neat to get to see that. But so that, that, that for me has been my moment this year. Um, And I mentioned my men's group, he's in that group with us. And we talk about life and challenges and things Um, for another, I had a teacher come to me a few weeks ago. And she, I'd come into her classroom and I've watched her teach several times and she's awesome. She is just a rock star of a teacher. Uh, and she is old enough to retire. And, uh, we talked about that. And anyways, one day I'm in her classroom and a kid, a student actually had a firecracker in, in class, a fourth, a fifth grade student and threw it on the ground and it popped and made a big bang and everybody jumped and looked and didn't know what was going on. And again, another one of the boys who's kind of honorary in my men's group. And I was waiting for this teacher just to get on him and, you know, be mad. And I was, and you know, all this. And she, she finds, she found out who the kid was. I love you so much. Why would you do that in my class? That's exactly what she said. Didn't yell, didn't scream, didn't get red in the face. She said, Kyle, I love you so much. Why would you do that in my class? And the boy, fifth grade boy, you know, 12 years old, just started bawling just tears down his face. I'm so sorry, Miss Doty. I'm so Mm -hmm. sorry. And, you know, and then afterwards he came to me and we talked. I said, why did you do that? I don't know. And again, no, this is a boy that doesn't have very good parental guidance with him. Uh, He's just said, I don't know. I said, are we going to do it again? He goes, no, I really hurt Miss Doty's heart. And, you know, for me to see, and, you know, the kid, never been sent back to the office never and it's one of those things where i think that her leadership and she had the right to yell at that kid she had the right to be angry i mean i was doing a professional observation in her classroom 
uh, as the principal to help decide, okay, are we going to keep this teacher or put her on a plan of improvement or leave? And we hear a firecracker go off. And she just said, I love you. <laughs> you know, that, it, 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 was, it was touching to me to see an awesome teacher talk to students like that. Well, I would have just like, I would have expected so much rage from that teacher, but yeah, she really turned the table. Uh, what, do you, what about the, the parents that, like, how can teachers influence students? Because we have like eight hours of their day. So it's basically majority of their life going out. How can we like be the inspiration as teachers? Because we, are, we have more contact and then the parents basically you don't see them. They just like go out home and go back to school. They don't really interact. Well, you know, again, it just, I have some of the greatest teachers I've ever been around and I've been blessed to be around a lot of great teachers over the years. And a big thing is just their walk, just the way they live their lives. There's something special about a lot of teachers out there. There's some bad ones out there too. Don't get me wrong. There's some teachers who have probably done this job a little too long, but when an angry parent calls the um, when an angry parent calls calls the school or comes up to talk to that teacher, you know, these teachers usually don't retaliate with anger or rage or, you know, they don't put fuel on the fires, so to speak. I mean, they they are great at calming a situation and talking, just giving the statistics and scenarios, and just their demeanor for a lot of these teachers. Um, I'm, I'm very blessed. I am, I have a lot of, I'm a, I'm in Western Oklahoma. So there's a, we are surrounded by a lot of Christian people. I have a lot of Christian teachers that have high morals and high ethics. And, you know, they don't, they just don't have a lot of anger inside them. They have just calm, peaceful um, demeanors. And when, you know, I had a parent just from my own perspective real quick. I had a parent come in very angry with me a couple of weeks ago. I mean, called me a few choice words, you know, cussed me out a little bit, said some curse words at me. And I just sat back and I waited and that parent vented and told me about all these scenarios going on. And I said, ma'am, what can I, I said, you, you've given me a lot of information. I said, how can I serve you? How can I help you and your child through this? And she just paused and leaned back and, you know, the, she kind of wiped her tears away because she was very heated. And the, uh, and after that, she was calm. She was peaceful. She was ready to um, come up with a solution together to solve the problem. And I think a lot of parents, that's all they want. You know, these parents, they give their kids to us for eight hours a day, like you said. And their child is the most prized possession in the world to that parent. That takes a lot of faith to give those kids over to someone else for eight hours a day. I mean, do you do you yourself have children? Well, I'm a, I'm just a student at the moment. Okay. Well, I mean, imagine someday, you know, just having a child and saying, I'm going to trust eight hours a day of this child's life to somebody else. That's a lot of faith. And um, I'm very blessed in my district to have amazing teachers that are trusted in our community. Um, and I'll say this also, where I'm from, 
a lot where I teach or where I'm a principal. I'm sorry. Most of my teachers are from there. So most people have known these teachers their whole lives. So they have a high trust um, that they're going to make the right decisions. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, yeah, what about the, the overwhelming stress and being overworked as a teacher? How do you, you know, how do you keep up the energy? Um, you know, there's a lot of different things for that. Um, you know, energy drinks help me out a lot. Some days a good, a good cup of coffee in the morning or an energy drink can really help me out. Um, you know, there's, I mentioned there was a big teacher shortage in Oklahoma right now. Uh, I was actually, I did a podcast a few weeks ago with somebody and, um, the, they were talking about teachers are actually leaving the profession right now, this month and in December, and not even coming back to finish the year until May and June um, because of the stress and everything going on. Um, for the teachers in Oklahoma right now, um, something we talk about very frequently is your life so you don't get overstressed, so you don't get overwhelmed. So um, you know, and it talked about sleeping right, eating healthy, um, you know, having your um, personal time, like doing things for you that hobbies that you enjoy and that make you happy. Um, and I think a lot of teachers forget that. I think a lot of teachers get caught up in this is the job. This is what I have to do. And I think a lot of teachers put too much stress on themselves more than the job actually does itself. Um, you know, I'll, 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 I'm going to back up real quick and I'll, I'll give an example of this just using my own life. Um, I mentioned I coached, this is my first year as a principal, but I coached for, for, um, 13 years. And then I was just a teacher also. So I was actually teaching sixth grade for seven hours a day and then coaching sports from maybe three o'clock until eight or nine or 10 o'clock at night after that, and then have to come back and do that again the next day. And that's how sports are done in Oklahoma. It's like two full-time jobs. Um, but I got to a point where I was coaching and I, I made state tournaments and uh, won some championships and things. And my fourth child was born and I went five days in a row without seeing my kids because they were babies and little. And, and I said, I'm finished. I said, my coaching career is done. And I just went to the educational system as a teacher and I made a choice that at 3.30 every day, my work was done. I would go home and be dad and be husband. You've had the door, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it took me 13 years of coaching to get to that point where I said, I need to spend more time with my family. And a lot of teachers don't do that. Um, I actually was talking to a teacher the other day and she was so stressed about getting assignments done. She worked a full day from 7.30 in the morning till 3.30 in the afternoon. The kids left and went home. And then she stayed there until nine o'clock that night, getting lessons ready, printing off papers, getting her classroom organized the way she wanted it and all those things. And she said she did that three or four days a week. And I told my teacher, I said, you can't do that. I said, you're gonna get burnt out. You're gonna get tired. I said, you need to spend time with your family. And she has a baby and is pregnant at this moment. I said, this is not good for anybody. You need to spend, you need to have a good balance in life. And um, 
I'll just share with you. Whenever I started being a, just a teacher, not a coach anymore, um, and I made that decision to stop working at 3.30 and spend time with my family, um, I became teacher of the year for the district um, the next year. So somehow I'm putting in less hours and getting higher reward for it. But it was because I was more effective because I enjoyed things more and it was less stressful. Like, I watched this YouTube video about the fixed and the fixed organization. Whoever's employed has infinite vacations. But whenever there's a meeting, they just have to strike on because creativity is birth through the free time that we have. And if we are able to be free in our environment that allows us to be creative, just like teachers have to come out with different plans. Yes, exactly. Uh, we've got to have that balance. You've got to have that joy. And, you know, um, again, this is my first year being a principal, but in my building, uh, I, I don't have to run gate. I don't have to run concession stand. Sports does not start in my building until uh, in my building at all. They start in another building a couple of years down the road. So when my day is over at 315 to 330, my day's over. And I've had the chance to go to concerts and go out on dates with my wife on a regular basis and and spend time with friends and family like I didn't get to before, you know, and it's I love my job a lot more because the freedom you get to have and the joy that you can take back into it. Exactly. Um, like throughout your childhood to like adulthood, what would be like the struggles that made you the person that you've strived to be all this time like yeah. as a person and a teacher? Okay. Um, that's a great question. And uh, I, I love answering that question for um, it's kind of hard to talk about sometimes, but I'm from a split home. Uh, my parents were divorced when I was very young. Um, I was exposed to drugs and alcohol. Um, you know, uh, when I was a child, it was just the norm in my home. Um, and when my parents got divorced, um, you know, I didn't see my dad for many, many years, but I knew the impact that he left negatively on me. And I always knew I wanted to be an athlete. I always knew I had a, I had a dream. I wanted to play college sports. I wanted to be a college basketball player. And I met that goal, but I never had a goal of what I wanted to do when I actually got through college. So I just said, oh, you know, I'm going to start out as a PE. I want to be a PE teacher. You know, I want to be a HPR. And I, we, one assignment we had to do was we actually went to a very rough town in Texas. Uh, it's in Amarillo and we met these kids and I was young. I was 19 years old. I'm doing these observations and, you know, we're just talking to these kids and this boy looks up at me and he's a first grader and a different race than I am. And he got, he just looks at me and goes, are you my dad? And had just to have a student call you your dad like well yeah and I mean I just kind of looked at him and I looked at my professor and she just shook her head like don't don't answer you know like you know I said nobody I'm not but he just kind of looked down and looked sad and you know scripture says that you know God is the father to the fatherless and that was something I was going through in the bible is and I heard that saying frequently in my life and when I decided to become a teacher um first I did switch I, my degree is actually in elementary education instead of physical education because that moment I knew I wanted to be around more kids 
and a different impact. So I became an elementary teacher, but um, I've said for years, like one of my goals is as a, when I coached women's athletics as a classroom teacher, I wanted to be the husband and the father that these girls would compare me to for the rest of their lives. Um, compare their husbands and fathers to for the rest of their lives, because where I'm just going to use an example, there's another coach down the road who will yell, scream, holler, cuss out, belittle veins popping out of his head at these kids. Like he'll just yell at teenagers. And I think to myself all the time, that's the kind of husband they're going to look for someday. You're the father figure to that kid. Now, you're like you're the man, you're the manly and the godly example to all these children that's coming out of you. And they are going to think the rest of their life, it's okay for them to get yelled at, belittled, cussed at, and different things like that. So, yeah. uh, and I did never, I never wanted to be that guy. And, uh, so I've always just said that I want to be the godly example and the manly example for all those students and faculty and teachers around me. Exactly. So, like, do you have like an ideal teacher, like an ideal self teacher as yourself, and an ideal student that you want to build? Yeah. Um. You know, for me, I want someone who is the the greatest teachers I've ever met love their kids first, and I tell my teachers all that all the time. Education is so important. Um, I, I actually, I, I got to give a speech a few weeks ago about this and I said, here's the deal. I said, education is so important. Education is very important. I said, but love is even more important. Love your kids first. You can teach them second, but love them first. Um, a lot of these kids don't have moms, dads, they've lost family members. We never know what they're going through, especially now that COVID's come through. Um, a lot of schools in Oklahoma had teachers pass away. Um, through COVID and these kids had to come back to school for X amount of weeks and months, you know, with substitute teachers and, and different people because their teachers passed. So I tell my teachers, love them first. But I, at the same time, I give this example. I, say, I always say, love your kids first. And I can go home every night and tell my kids I love them. I can go home every night and tuck them into bed and tell them I love them and they're awesome. And my kids are going to be great. And I just try to speak life into my own children. But I said, what if I do that every night, but I don't go to work every day? What if I don't get a job? What if I don't put food on the table? What if I don't show up for their ball games? Does that still make me a good dad? And of course, everybody in the room was, no, of course it doesn't. No, that's terrible. You'd be a horrible dad. I'd say, and I told them all, I said, you can tell your students you love them every day. And that's the most important thing. But you got to show them you love them by educating them by educating your students every day. If you don't educate them, they're not going to have the tools to need and succeed in this world. So love them first and educate them second. So. Yeah. So this uh, inspirational YouTube video, like I really like watching these inspirations because they give such intellect to loving. And I mean, like this one is particularly about um, taking action and uh manifesting a life food um uh mindset so he's talking about his kid um his daughters and even though he was like working and this 
there's a boundary between parents and daughters, but having that connection of love is, it takes time, but is the most strongest thing a person could have. So I really like what you said about that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's, that's the number one thing I look for. You know, there's a lot of teachers out there that don't love their kids, that don't love their students. And uh, with our new superintendent and myself being new in our district and a few others, we're, we're looking for teachers that love their kids first. And if your actions don't show that, then we're going another route. And I think a lot of people need to do that, um, you know, because these kids just need love. They may not get, they may not be loved anywhere else. So they definitely need that from their teachers and their educators and the principals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, could you tell me like maybe a, a different experience as an individual, like uh, what experiences have you had in your, in your past about, I mean, what experience that you had in your past that really viewed you as a person? Okay. Um, I'm going to, my when I was a young coach, just starting out my first few years, and actually my first year ever coaching girls athletics. Um, I'm coaching softball at a very, very small town. We're actually the third smallest school in the state of Oklahoma. Um, you know, where I'm from, usually graduating classes have about two to three hundred students uh, for an average size school. You know, a lot of other schools will have two to three thousand in Oklahoma. It just depends on the year. This school had six seniors in their entire graduating class. It was a very, very small place. Um, and it was a new place to me. I'd never been there before, but I got offered the job and I took it. I was young. Um, I had a day and, and I'll, I'll never forget this day. I had a girl. Um, she's my third baseman. And we're at ball practice and we have a big game coming up. So we're just taking some practice and I'm, I'm hitting balls to these kids and they're catching grounders and throwing it to first. And she lets one go through her legs. And again, this is a 15-year-old girl. She missed the ball. She missed the ball. And she's just kind of giggling about it. Have you ever have you ever messed up or seen somebody mess up and they laugh about it? You think so? My courageous output. I, I love mistakes that make me such a desire to overcome these two obstacles yeah. yeah well she uh she missed a few grounders and she giggled about it so I threw the ball up and hit it a lot harder at her the next time and she looked at me I said are you going to catch the next one and she took her glove off and she threw it on the ground and she said I quit mm -hmm. that and I said if you quit you gotta say why and she said because I hate coach house and she yelled it very loud to Every, so everybody could hear it and my own children were there my my I had a kindergartner and a first grader there at the moment and they were so confused how could anybody hate coach house that's my dad you know how can anybody hate this guy you know and it hurt me confused my kids so the day goes on the student left and a great kid a great great kid that I love to death and her grandpa calls me, who I, who I know, even though I'm new to the district. And he says, hey, can I come by and talk to you? I said, sure, come on by. And the second I open the door, the girl runs in. She wraps her arms around me and starts hugging me. 
and just snots all over my shirt. <laughs> just, I mean, snot bubbles and crying and tears. And, and she just goes, I don't hate you. You know, I don't hate you. And I'm, I'm hugging her and I'm patting her. I said, I know it's okay. It's really okay. So she sits down, we all sit down in my house and her grandma and grandpa are with me and the daughter and my wife and we're all there. And, and the grandpa said, so here's what happened. Her birth mother was just released from prison yesterday. And at two in the morning, she came over to our house and tried to get the kids to come outside. She was telling the kids all these things, you know, come outside. You can come live with me now. She had alcohol on her breath, all these things. And the girls didn't get any sleep that night. And, you know, we talked about it. We discussed what was going on. And, and she asked if she could still play. I said, of course you can, you know, let's, and we, we'd made some running and some push-ups and things to make up for the language. And she had to talk to, I had her talk to my own children about what she said, you know, and, uh, and this goes back to, there's always a reason why kids act the way they act. This sweet, kind, generous, loving girl wouldn't just yell she hates me for no reason there was a there was something that triggered that from the day before or that that early that morning so anyways um we go back i'm at that school for a few years uh we won championships together we made it to a state tournament which the school had never done before um we were all over the news and the newspapers and and we we were called we had a topic and it's actually a, a book that i'm writing just kind of the story of this but we're calling it the seven sisters of Pittsburgh because our basketball team only had seven girls on it and we made it to a state tournament. Uh, we were the smallest school ever in, in Oklahoma history to do that. But, you know, on that softball field, we had that moment where I could have said, I'm never letting you play again. Let my anger get a hold of me. But instead, you know, we talked it out. We worked through it. We moved on. We won all these championships together. Well, Five years down the road, because at the time she was a sophomore, she graduated high school, went to the workforce, lived a couple of years, and out of the blue, I get this phone call. And she said, you know, Coach House? Yeah, and again, I'm at a different district. I'm probably 150 miles from the town I was coaching at, a long ways off. And she said, this is Kaylee. Do you, do you remember me? I said, Kaylee Thomason? Of course I remember you. You know, we talked for a minute. She goes, well, I'm getting married and I want you to officiate my wedding. Well, and I was like, it'd be the biggest honor of my life. You know, and I went down there and I did the wedding and it was, it was just pretty amazing. It was an amazing experience. Yeah, it must have been. Um, but, you know, there's moments like that where you have the opportunity to, you're going to, if you're in education at all, whether it be a teacher, coach, principal, admin, no matter what, you're going to impact these students in a way. It's either going to be positive or negative. When these kids get out of school, they're going to remember you as the red-faced, angry, losing your temper, cussing guy for the rest of their lives. The stories that they'll tell their kids and their grandkids, <laughs> or you're going to be the guy that said, hey, or the guy or girl or whoever that says, I love you. You're awesome. You're doing a great job. You know, we're in this together. You're keep working hard. I'm proud of you and saying all those things. And, you know, either way, 
we're going to be remembered for one of the being one of those two people because these kids will always remember us yeah exactly like uh i'm a student teacher at the moment well like in my second year in my education peer 12 degree and i'm like wondering what do you do when you don't know what to do exactly like they're acting out and like you just completely go blank it's like I don't know what to do. Okay. Hey, um, <laughs> um, what age group are you working with right now? Oh, no, I'm still in my second year. I'll be doing oh, okay. placements in the new future in May. Yeah. Okay. Okay, perfect. Um, you know, and that just depends on the age of kids that you have and whatever works with those kids. Um, I have a YouTube channel. And it's called Coach House PE or Coach House the PE teacher. And I put videos on there of how I handle classroom management, how I have cues and signals for kids to to get their attention without having to scream or blow a whistle at kids. Um, you know, there's lots of things like that. One thing that I really like to do in the classroom, and, and again, it just depends on the age group. When I was teaching third grade, I had a clip chart. And they were basketballs. And the clip chart had, it started out in the very middle. It said, you're in the game right here. And, I was, and of course, being a coach and everything, my whole classroom was sports themed. Go figure, right? So this clip chart, it started out where every kid had their own little basketball. And the first one said, you're in the game. And if my kids made good choices throughout the day, I'd move them up. And the next one said, starter. And then below that, it said, you're making great choices. Keep up the good work. I'm proud of you. And the next one said, all-star. And, you know, the kids are making really good choices on doing different things. They're doing their work. They're making good choices. They're doing all those things. I move them up and to the all-star, you know. And then it had the MVP after that for most valuable player. And if they made it to the MVP slot, they got a reward that day. And now that's the positive side. Well, everybody starts right here at starter. Well, the next one was below that was um, you've been benched. So, you know, if kids were making poor choices, talking out of turn, not listening, not doing their work, I'd move their clip down a spot, their basketball down a spot. And they didn't like that. They, they would get embarrassed or upset or different things. And then the next one was technical. You know, oh, you know, you got a technical, you can't, you know, this. And then if it got to the very bottom one, which was ejected, I'd call their parents. And, you know, it was neat doing that because the kids got rewarded or punished. But if they got down really low, I'd have a kid come up to me, Mr. House, you know, I want to be bumped up one more spot. Is there anything I could do? Hey, Billy, why don't you sharpen these pencils for me today and I'll bump you up a spot? Or, hey, there's lots of trash in the room. Or I would give tasks and jobs and these kids would be willing to serve and help to get that clip moved up one more spot. And uh, it, it was neat. So that was one just simple classroom thing that I did. Um, another thing I, I mentioned on my YouTube channel, uh, um, I did. there's a video on there called Cues and Signals. And... I will say something and the kids will repeat it. And that's how I'd get their attention. Um, so like, well, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I love Star Wars. So I would say, may the force, and they'd yell out, be with you. <laughs> and they knew they, it was time to pay attention. And if I was really mad, I would say, you don't know, 
or I'd say, you don't know the power. And they'd say, of the dark side. <laughs> and I have 20 kids attention. Or I would have, you know, um, on my videos, I actually did these as PE, as a PE teacher. And one video, I had close to 80 kids in my gym. And I just yelled my cue. And every kid stopped, yelled something back and pay attention. So one of them that I really liked was called Pirate. And they would have to put one foot up in the air and yell, "R" really loud. So everyone would yell at me. It gets quiet. And I say, okay, class, here's where we're going to go to next. We need to do blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. You know, that, that was a big one for me is using cues and signals. Uh, and then last, I rewarded all the time, all the time. I, uh, another one on my YouTube channel at Coach House, the PE teacher, um, I told my students before, if so many percentage pass this test or so many percentage um, do X, Y, and Z, you get to, I've been, this year alone, I've dyed my hair green. It's not green right now, but I told the kids, if 50% of our kids pass our next test um, with a 75 or above, then I would paint my hair green for the week. So, and then our other principal, she got slimed. They poured, we just dumped slime all over her. Um, so that was fun. Um, on the state test a couple of years ago, um, I let kids shave my head bald. I mean, just got clippers and made me look like a bald man. Luckily, I can still grow my hair. Um, yeah. I know that day is going to come soon where that won't happen. Um, you know, I reward kids with food all the time. Hey guys, if you do this, I'll bring donuts. If you do this, we'll get some candy, you know, things like that. So rewards are really big for these kids. I've, I've haven't heard of a few of those things, but I heard one of my student teachers saying the, the ocean. It's like when the, when teacher says whoosh and then go shh. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that one too. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one. And, you know, when I was a kid, the teachers did the clapping. Like, they'd clap. Yeah, that's a really old one. <laughs> and you have to that know. was a real exact one. Yeah, so what you said you preach as, like, a Christian person. Like, what type of experiences or, like, topics have you preached about? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I've... I've I've been a youth pastor before I was a, I was a youth pastor for several years. And, um, the big, one big thing for me, there's an organization in the United States and it may be worldwide. I don't know, but it's called the fellowship of Christian athletes. Um, and I've been a member of that since I was in high school, excuse me. And we would, um, we would just go and preach and teach. Like one thing we would do before sporting events is we'd pray with the other team. Uh, we'd meet with them and we'd pray. Then we'd pray with our team. And um, I started those organizations at every school I went to. Um, but that led into being a youth pastor uh, for a while. I was a youth pastor at a small um, church in Western Oklahoma. And then while I was a youth pastor, I felt called into ministry. So uh, I became an ordained minister. Um, and I, uh, I've been an ordained minister for six years now. But I, uh, what, and Right now, my job as a pastor is actually a lay pastor, and it's really unique because I'll have churches or pastors call me, and they'll say, hey, you know, we need you to come preach on this day, and I'll travel to a church maybe 10 minutes away, maybe two hours away, 
and I'll go preach on Sunday. And then I may get a, there was one day I actually got a call 20 minutes before church started at a local church here. And they're like, Hey, I know it's late notice, but can you come preach? And I dropped everything, grabbed a Bible, put on a suit (laughs) and went over and preached that morning. Um, But, you know, I have lots of topics and it just depends. I love preaching over creation. I love preaching over Noah's Ark, um, God's love. Um, You know, I've, I've done a lot of uh, Christmas stories. I've done, I've preached several times over um, the virgin birth and the wise men and everything. I've done several sermons over the Sermon on the Mount. And um, one of my favorites, one of my favorites is when the friends lowered the man through the, when Jesus was preaching in the home and they took the paralytic up on the roof and then lowered him through the hole in the roof and Jesus healed that man. Um, love, love, love preaching about that. Love, love speaking to different, different places about that one. So, Sweet. yeah. Um, well, that's it for, like, I don't have any more questions. So okay. uh, is there any way I can, the listeners can find you? Like, what would you like to promote? Yeah. Um, I, um, I've got, my YouTube channel is Coach House, the PE teacher. Um, and again, subscribe to it. Um, you know, just a little background on that. When the pandemic hit, um, I was a PE teacher and we're kind of scrambling around. School's closed and nobody could be in person and all those things. Well, I, the P, other PE teacher and I were told, you don't have to do anything. Your job's not very important. We just need the kids reading, writing and doing math. And uh, that hurt. That kind of hurt my heart because I was like, wow, I worked really hard at my job. I love my job. I love being around these kids. So I started making uh, YouTube videos where kids can exercise. And uh, I've got about 40. I have over 100 videos on there now, but I've got about 40 virtual videos on there um, where kids will pick their um, favorite food or favorite character or favorite place to visit. And these, and they'll stand on that side of the room, and then they complete the exercise after it. And the the two kids on the video are my own two children, so I always brag on them about that. But it actually took off. Uh, you know, I got about five thousand subscribers, close to five thousand subscribers now, and um, been monetized and all those things. So that's a lot of fun. And then on TikTok, um, Coach House, uh, the PE teacher, also, um, you know, and actually, I'd li- I'm probably going to change that now that I'm a principal. But I, I've still got it going. I, now it's my turn. I want to interview you. I want to know about you. So is that okay? Yeah, sure. You can. Yeah, I'll see <laughs> Okay. So uh, tell me why you decided to go into education and tell me about your journey to get here. Um, yeah, so I, was, I, I, first, I first wanted to be a, a chef. So like, I always like, watch those uh, TV shows, like Gordon Ramsay, the 50-minute or 60-minute cook, or there's like so many mm-hmm. cooking shows, but whenever I cooked, it was like, like really terrible. It was like, <laughs> like my family would just <laughs> throw away, and I was like, I kept cooking, and then I got a set three and four in cookery and patisserie, and then I went to a few restaurants and five-star hotels and stuff, but the chef were like really toxic and 
but like there's probably the same as teaching, but like still the like always having labor and like I couldn't really find myself. I was having a lot of struggles just like working and then um yeah I just like uh I was still working in this five-star hotel in the city and um yeah I was like searching on personality careers like the Myers Big Test a few other ones and I saw some consults and actually it's like not that recent that I found teaching so I was I started music um band a music band with my Buddhist religion so I perform a few times and yeah it's like um we did like a few songs we created a few songs we did like programs for little kids and I during that time I started tutoring the violin so I tutored for about 10 years now and one of my students that I she was like uh in grade four I think and then she she's like quite slow but teaching her was the best experience I ever had like she was really talkative she wanted to learn and then when I saw the father's face when she was praying she the the father was like completely gorging with tears like dropping down her face his face yeah. and yeah just such more about teaching and uh yeah teaching is one of my personality traits preference and yeah I also tried social working so I did like social working and then teaching so I could like try a few things and then I just studied this degree two years ago so I'm in my second year just started second year and I've been tutoring for 10 years yeah so that's why that's I'm, great yeah all right so how long until you'll be done with your degree and you'll get to have a full-time career well it's a four-year degree so another okay. three more years yeah okay excellent yeah. Yeah. Hey, it took me five years to get mine and another for my master's to be a principal. So it, it, it takes time, but it's well worth it when you get finished. I promise. And what age, age were you? Um, when I went to college, I was 19 uh, and I graduated at 24. And then getting my master's, um, I got my master's when I was 32. So Whoa. and kind of did night school and and did it that route and it was hard it was very hard but you know i, I want to say you're going to have good days and bad days in education there's going to be some days that you might i'm going to tell you there was there was a day where i got offered a job working for an oil company and a third grade teaching job the same day and there was a part of me wanting to say i was done with education i was finished i was done coaching i was tired i was going to make three times as much money doing the oil field job but that's not what God called me to do. God called me to impact kids. How did you know that? Uh, how did I know that God called me to do this? Yeah. Uh, a big thing is I, I pray constantly. I, I live in prayer, just bathe my life in prayer. But when I was, the day that that kid told, asked me if I was their dad, 
I kind of just started moving in that direction and just life kind of took me that way. Um, and you know, just from, I've seen a lot of kids come to the Lord. I've seen a lot of kids come to Christ, whether it be through the fellowship of Christian athletes, or if it was through being a youth pastor, but you know, just in public schools in Oklahoma, you can't, you can't talk openly about your religion unless a student brings it up to you first. Okay. You can, you can live your life and be a godly example for others and all those things, but you can't openly say, I am a Christian or I am Buddhist or I am a Muslim or anything like that. You can't, you can't say that in Oklahoma. Um, but you know, there's, there's some days that I can remember teaching and I had a kid come in and say, Hey, coach house, coach house, you're right. And I said, I joke with him. I say, I know I'm right, but tell me why this time. And a kid said to me, he's like, you know, he's like, I accepted Christ at church last weekend. It's the best feeling I've ever had. And I was like, well, you know, of course. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, proud of you, you know, gave him a hug, high five, all that stuff. Even gave a kid a Bible later on, but they made those decisions. They wanted, they knew they were, they knew from my lifestyle, it was okay to come and have that conversation with me, you know? And, um, it's just, I feel like God has put me in the educational system to be a light and just a dark place sometimes. And just like I said about the culture changing and our building earlier, it, it's so awesome to see godly loving people just exuberating positivity and generosity and love across to the teachers and the students and everybody in our building, you know, check out my TikTok and you can see some of the neat, just positive, positive things we're trying to do there. We, we've, we've got a teacher of the week and classes of the week and just, just joy exuberating from our building. Do you have anyone else in your family or close friends that are in education? Uh, I have a, a few a few friends that are. So one of them is my violin teacher that I started out with. Another is just a band member. And I've met a few people while I started pursuing teaching, which is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. But Perfect. my own my drive was just the my experience I went through, not the influence of other people. Yeah. Okay. You know, um, something about myself, I used to be very introverted. I was very quiet. I was very shy in high school. Um, I actually took a C in a class of music because I would not do a speaking part in a program. And the teacher told me that she was going to give me a C from an A to a C. If I didn't do a speaking part, I said, okay, I'll take my C because I had that much stage fright. And if you were to ask those people that knew me in high school compared to now, compared to where I'm at now and public speaking and, and doing these videos and stuff, they wouldn't believe it. They would be shocked that I have the confidence to do this, but it's not confidence as much as comfort. Um, as you go into education, you're going to have some nervous days. You're going to have some rough days. You're going to have some amazing days too, but there's going to be some bad ones in there. And you need to have good friends to, that are in education that you can bounce ideas off of, that you can talk to whenever you need somebody like that. Um, where I'm at right now, I'm actually parked outside of uh, I'm at my house, but I've got two friends. One of them's a coach, one's a music teacher. Uh, they're inside waiting for me because we're going to play cards tonight. We're going to hang out and just 
you know, share our stories from the, we do that. We once a month, the, we'll all go out to eat together. And then another time in the month, we'll all go to each other's house and just spend some time together and talk teaching and coaching and, and everything. And you need someone like that. And if you ever have questions about anything, I'll always be glad to help you. So, um, but you need, you need, we all need people like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a, a great influence to have other resources. Yeah. Well, I, I, that that's kind of it for me. Um, <laughs> if you ever would want to do this again, I'd be glad to. Uh, any topic, any anything you want to do, I love doing this. Um, I've done several of these uh, in the last few months and to a year, and uh, but I, I'd always be glad to be a guest anytime. Yeah, me too. I'm always happy to answer if if you have like a topic or experience and. I'm happy to have you on as well. 